0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I am going to go over wide receivers for week two today. Uh, Starts, desperate starts. Guys, we need to temper our expectations on. Let's get right into it. Why wait? If you missed the running back podcast, I recorded that yesterday. uh, So you can go check that out. Um, should be the last episode that was up there for week two. Um, but yeah, let's get right into wide receivers. Uh, let's start with Calvin Ridley. These are guys that I'm going to be, you know, starting, putting in my lineup. And he's the first guy I want to talk about. Case Keenum, we saw what he did against Philly last week. Um, Matt Ryan should be able to take advantage as well. Um, Ridley will likely see a lot of Ronald Darby which is not really a matchup that we need to worry about. Um, really is, you know, he's a big player waiting to happen. And we saw how many times Terry McLaurin got deep last week. Um, he caught that deep touchdown, and Keenan missed McLaurin wide open. You know, and that would have been another 70-yard touchdown for him. So, you know, really, he's going to be in my lineups this week. Um, you know, I already think that really you know, has a chance to, you know, fully break out this year. I mean, you know, he was a great breakout candidate last year. Um, you know, up and down season, but he had some great games. But I think he can really put, pull it together, put it all together this season. Um, you know, he finished as a wide receiver two as a rookie. Um, if you look at, you know, the history, history shows that, you know, and if you look at those names who have finished as a wide receiver two as a rookie, or, you know, wide receiver two or better, those are some really, like, really good names. And, and you'd be surprised to see who's on that list. Um, and And most of those guys... A high percentage of those guys came in in year two and, and did even better. So I'm, I'm really, I'm all in on really this year. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be in my lineups this week. Moving on to Tyler Boyd. The 49ers, they gave up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers last season with Kawan Williams as their nickel corner. Uh, he's still their nickel corner. Um, it really got bad towards the end of the season. They gave up the most fantasy points to slot receivers over the last four weeks of the season. You know, Chris Godwin, he was obviously uh, a letdown last week out of the slot. But, you know, Jameis Winston completely shit the bed. Um, He was only targeted six times, and that was a team high. He did catch a touchdown late, you know. um, So, you know, when when Boyd came out of the slot, you know, in this past game in week one, most of his routes were, you know, obviously most of his routes were ran in the slot. But when he came out of the slot, he ran the left side of the formation which is the opposite side that Richard Sherman plays. So he's going to pretty much avoid uh, Richard Sherman, you know, throughout the entire game. So he's he's going to stay in my lineups this week, just like how he was in week one, especially in PPR leagues. Okay, Tyrell Williams took over as the number one wide receiver after Antonio Brown left that team. Uh, Williams had a great first game against the Broncos on Monday night, six of seven catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. The Chiefs come to town, right? So you, you're going to figure that the Raiders... Uh, you know, are going to score some points. This game is tied for the highest point total of Week Two, and Derek Carr historically has good games at home against the Chiefs. We saw a 6 round rookie tear up the Chiefs' defense in three quarters last week, <laughs> so we can see Carr have a good game with Williams being his first option at wide receiver. Last week, the Chiefs gave up the fifth most fantasy points to the Jaguars' perimeter wide receivers and the seventh most fantasy points in the league uh, to their slot wide receivers. So that tells you that this Chiefs defense, you know, they're going to, you know, the teams are going to be catching up, you know, to try to keep up with the Chiefs offense. But the Chiefs defense also can't seem to stop anybody. So, you know, that can obviously improve as the season goes along. But for now, Tyrell Williams, uh, you know, I'm treating him as a, you know, high-end wide receiver three at this point. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson... I'm playing both of these guys. d especially after last week, he's a must-play. He's gonna, <laughs> I'm going to try any way possible to get him in my lineup. You know, Not only was he a deep threat, but he got serious volume. He caught 8 of 10 for 154 yards and two touchdowns. Alshon was shadowed by Josh Norman, but still had a decent day. Um, this week, they go up against a Falcons secondary that really shouldn't scare anyone. The Vikings threw the ball only 10 times last week, so the raw numbers... You know, fantasy numbers against a secondary isn't going to look good. Uh, but on a per snap basis, Desmond Trufant, Isaiah Oliver, they give up almost an, you know, an average of a full fantasy point per route run against them. That's not good. <laughs> um, Oliver didn't look good at all um, in his debut. But, you know, both of these wide receivers will go up against him many times this weekend. So um, I'm pretty happy about that. The over-under... Is set at fifty one. I think that it could definitely go over. It has a good chance to. Okay, uh, Thursday night's game. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Uh, these guys are gonna be in my lineup um, against Tampa Bay. Vernon Hargreaves, Carlton Davis. They give up point thirty eight and point thirty four fantasy points per route run against them on the perimeter last season. Which you know you probably have not you you know that much context, but that's not good. Um, that kind of ranks you know up there in the league as far as giving up fantasy points to wide receivers uh, by by a corner. Um, the 49ers didn't test the Bucks last week you know, with their wide receivers, so it wasn't really a true litmus, a litmus test of that secondary. Uh, Moore is going to see more of Hargreaves, and Samuel will probably see more of Davis. Um, and because of that matchup, I think Samuel should bounce back this week after seeing a lot of Aqib Talib on Sunday. Um, neither of these guys are must-starts, but like, I would feel comfortable um, having either in my lineup this week as a flex play or my wide receiver three. Um, Michael Gallup, somebody, you know, who I'm really, um, you know, he's looked so good so far this offseason and, and in week one especially. Um, Kellen Moore's offense, super creative, really opened up this passing game. It's possible that Moore and Dak, you know, they start supporting two wide receivers for fantasy um, on the Cowboys. If Josh Norbin shadows Amari Cooper, Gallup will once again have a great matchup this week. You know, Deshaun Jackson, you know, was able to do his thing while Norman was shadowing Alshon Jeffrey. Um He shadowed Jeffrey on 94% of routes last week, so we can see Gallup run free all game long. Um, as far as Amari Cooper goes, he doesn't really, you know, fare well in shadow coverage, but we'll get to that later. I'm not necessarily scared of the matchup, though. You know, I don't really consider Norman a shutdown corner, but we'll get there a little bit later. Uh, Jameson Crowder, the matchup for Crowder in the slot isn't amazing against the Browns. The Browns were, you know, relatively good against the slot last year and and last week as well. Um, but the Bills' matchup was terrible too. Um, and that's probably why he didn't go above 100 yards on his 14 receptions. Um, PPR, that doesn't matter, right? He's gonna get that high floor. Quincy Anunua, you know, he's gonna be out this year with another neck injury. Sucks for him. Um, Crowder, you know, because of that, I think he's, a guaranteed, he's guaranteed a nice size target share. Um, he's going to give you that high floor in PPR League, so uh, he's going to be in my lineups um, to, to give me, like, a nice little floor. Uh, Tyler Lockett had two total targets last week, but, you know, I'm still putting him in my in my lineup this week. Uh, after the game, he said he was never double-teamed the way he was in that game, uh, so that can explain a little bit. You know, we shouldn't expect the Steelers' offense to do, to do that. They give up the second-most fantasy points, Two slot wide receivers last season and it continued in week one. They get up the most fantasy points of the week to Patriots slot receivers. Um so I think Lockett should bounce back. I wouldn't be scared off of his two-target game in week one. It's probably good DFS play as well. Uh Chris Gowan, he's going up against Javian Elliott in the slot. He used to play for the Bucks. Um, and we know how bad the Bucks corners are. Um, so that tells you what you need to know as far as them getting rid of him. Um it's not really a matchup we should be afraid of, obviously. James Winston was definitely terrible last week, but Godwin led the team in targets with only six and still salvaged his day with a touchdown. I think this offense is a little tough to trust, but with James Bradbury potentially shadowing Mike Evans, and we know that history isn't great for Evans, I think Godwin should be the first option once again. Okay, moving on to desperate starts. Obviously, there's a lot more starts, right? But those are guys who are, you know, studs, and you're probably going to start them anyway. I don't need to talk to you about their matchups. So, you know, I'd rather talk about the guys who you're tr- kind of trying to decide between. Um, so anyway, moving on to Desperate Starts, um, we're going to start with Larry Fitzgerald. He emerged as Kyler Murray's number one down the stretch, and he's the guy he trusted when it came time to make that comeback against the Lions last week. Not only did he have 13 targets in week one, but his depth of target and route tree has increased. You know, he wasn't really the guy who you, you would see, you know, running deeper routes, but in, in this game, he was. Um, he was fifth in air yards last week, which is not something we've associated with Fitzgerald. Um, but with the Cardinals running four wide receivers as their base set, Brandon Carr, you know, is a good nickel corner, but he's going to have to choose between him and Christian Kirk when every play. And this is going to be the norm. When any team has a good nickel corner, you know, it might seem like a tough matchup on paper, but, you know, they're, they're going to have to, like, Choose between Kirk and and Larry, and they run that full wide receiver set every single play. So, you know, the Ravens seem like a tough matchup on paper too. Like, they played the Dolphins last week, right? So you can't get much out of that. Um, they, they did lose a few pieces on defense, so Larry should be able to, you know, make things happen with volume. Um, he's preferred in PPR, but, you know, that might change as we continue to see those high depth of target, um, targets and catches. Okay, John Brown, uh, it's, Possible Janoris Jenkins shadows Brown, but I don't think he's going to. He doesn't really shadow those type of, I guess, like, you know, small, fast receivers. Um, he did, Jenkins did shadow Amari Cooper last week on 64% of his routes. Um, Amari only had one catch against him. You know, all his work was done outside of Jenkins' coverage. Uh, but the Giants gave up the most fantasy points last week to perimeter wide receivers, like, the most. You know, as we saw, you know, what Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper were able to do last week. Uh, But Brown, you know, caught 7 of 10 targets for 123 yards and touchdown last week against the Jets. That's very encouraging, and we know that, you know, he was the clear number one for Josh Allen during camp, um, and it continued into week one. So I think their skill sets mesh, mesh. I mentioned that before, um, coming into the season, and I think he could be, you know, a good wide receiver three moving forward. Okay, D.D. Westbrook. He is going up against whoever the Texans decide to replace Recently released nickel corner Aaron Colvin. He was lit up on Monday night, and I guess they got emotional and cut his ass. But the slot responsibility will likely be shared between uh, veteran Philip Gaines, who was just signed on Tuesday, and their second-round rookie Lonnie Johnson. So the matchup is there for Didi. Um, Minshew did a great job last week. Sixth-round rookie. You know, albeit, you know, it was against a vulnerable Chiefs secondary. But he spread it around a bit. You know, he targeted D.D. on 24% of his throws. That's a very healthy target share. Um, Threw him his touchdown. It's definitely hard to trust his offense at the moment until we see more. Um, But know that D.D. is still an option. Dante Moncrief. He didn't play well last week uh, at all. But he had a tough matchup against Jason McCourty. He shadowed him on more than 50% of his routes, according to Pro Football Focus. He led the Steelers in targets last week with I think 10 it was, you know, he's now going to see a lot of Trey Flowers this week on the Seahawks, who he was the Achilles heel at corner for the Seahawks last season, and it continued in week one against the Bengals. The Seahawks gave up the second most fantasy points to the Bengals perimeter wide receivers last week, um, and that continued from last year where they gave up the 11th most you know, fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers throughout the season. So that was the perimeter wide receivers. Now, as far as the slot goes, where Moncrief played a bunch as well, um, they had a rookie Ugo Amadi. He was a primary nickel corner for the Seahawks last week. He has a shoulder injury. He might not play. Jamar Taylor was just resigned because of it. And Moncrief played 82% of snaps between these two positions. So the left wide receiver slot. I'm sorry, the left wide receiver um, position and the slot. So he has an opportunity for a big week two. Those targets can turn into production, even though you know he might not be the best receiver. Apparently, Big Ben likes to target him, and that, that's really what matters. Nicole Hardman played the second most wide receiver snaps behind Sammy Watkins last week, with Tyreek Hill leaving the game early. And with Hill out, you know, going forward, Hartman can assume a lot of what Andy Reid liked to do with Hill. It's really, you know, it, it's not that complicated, it's really about com- combining. Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid with a speedster like Hartman. He played well in the preseason. Um, he should be involved in the game plan this time around. Um, the Raiders gave the the most 40-plus yard passing plays last season, so there is potential for Hartman to use that speed against this team. Andy Reid was talking to reporters on Wednesday, and he said that he doesn't mind exploiting rookies' talents as long as they're capable, um, and he believes Hartman can step in and play. So, you know, he's a boom-bust option this week, no doubt about it. You know, especially when he didn't catch any balls last week and he only had one target. Um, But, you know, we're assuming that he'll be, you know, game-planned in. um, And you're kind of taking advantage of this matchup. Garyon Conley, you know, left the game last week on a stretcher with a neck injury. He's apparently fine, which is great. Um, He could suit up, but if he doesn't play, I would upgrade Hardman a little bit. Marquise Brown, you know, one of the bigger waiver wire pickups this week after his ridiculous game last week. Um, the Cardinals secondary missing a lot of pieces, including Patrick, Patrick Peterson, uh, Byron Murphy, the rookie, allowed a lot of half a fantasy point per route run against him. Not ideal, right? So, you know, Brown lined up on Murphy's side on 71% of snaps, um, 71% of his 12 snaps <laughs> last week. Um, we know that he can get behind a defense and this is one that he can definitely get behind. Um, completely boom bust. We have no idea how many snaps he's going to play this week, how many routes he'll run, so if you're shooting for the home run, throw him in your lineup. Okay, just a few wide receivers that we want to temper expectations on. The Vikings wide receivers, Adam Thielen, Stephen Diggs, Kirk Cousins, only threw 10 passes last week uh, in today's NFL. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. Um, so he threw 10 passes against the Falcons last week. That's a game you would think that would be potentially high scoring, right? With Cousins and Matt Ryan potentially going back and forth, but nope. Once the Vikings went up in that game, they stayed up, they ran the ball all game long. Their, their new offensive coordinator is bringing that mentality to the Vikings, and we've covered that extensively throughout the offseason. Um, so Aaron Rodgers would have, obviously have to play better at home this week for that to change. If it does, it should bode well for Diggs and Thielen. Right? The Packers gave up the 8th most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last season. Uh, by the way, Thielen ran out of the slot on only 27% of snaps in Week 1, so it looks like he's making a move uh, to the outside. It's possible that Kevin King and Jair Alexander, you know, the two outside corners, took a step forward this year, but the Bears' offense wasn't necessarily like a proper litmus test. If the Vikings air it out, they're definitely going to be tested by Dixon and Thielen. These two would likely be starts for me this week. You know, assuming Diggs is off the injury report, if he is on it, I probably be will be looking for another option. Um, hopefully, Cousins throws the ball at least 20 times in Green Bay. Still might not be enough for these two, right? Because they're going to have to depend on efficiency and not volume. Um, so that's, that's the only downside here. Okay, I mentioned Mike Evans. Uh, doesn't have a good history against James Bradbury. In the two matchups last year, Bradbury shadowed him on 86% of his routes and 75% of his routes. He only caught one of seven for 16 yards in that first game. Four of six for 48 yards in that second game. Um, you know, in, while he was in Bradbury's coverage, so not great. Um, I wouldn't have high expectations for him for Thursday night, especially with how bad the Bucks' offense looked in Week One. Am I looking for another option? It's really, really tough to sit Mike Evans. Unless I have a really, really good one, sure. Like, I'm not going to play Nicole Hardman over him. I'm not going to play Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown over him. Not getting that cute. Not playing Terry McLaurin over him. Not doing that. I'm playing Mike Evans. Okay. Uh, John Ross. He will likely see a good amount of Richard Sherman, but he did move around enough last week where he, he'll avoid him, you know, a good amount as well. So, you know, Jason Verrett might play, uh, but it's possible Akella Weatherspoon continues to to see work on the other side of the field. Uh, He had a great game last week, but he was playing against the worst of James Winston. So I'm not dying to have Ross in my lineup, but there's no guarantee he sees the same amount of share he saw last week with Andy Dalton throwing the ball 51 times. Sterling Shepard. It seems as though he is playing out of the slot, at least until Golden Tate is back. He ran 71% of his routes from the slot last week before he got diagnosed with a concussion. Buffalo is pretty stout against the slot. They were they were given up the 11th least fantasy points for the season last year, um, the 6th least over the last 8 games. Now, yes, they gave up 14 receptions to Jameis Crowder, but he didn't cross the 100-yard mark. That's a win for the Bills. Keep in mind that Shepard is in the concussion protocol, you know, as I'm saying this, So, it's possible he doesn't even play this week. Just just keep an eye out on that. Uh, Danny Amendola, his 13 targets was very encouraging, right, moving forward, considering how much Stafford relied on Golden Tate in the past, and he was looking for Amendola a lot in this game. Um, He's going to see a lot of Desmond King in the slot against the Chargers, and Desmond King is a pretty damn good nickel corner. So, it's a tough matchup for him. I'm looking for another option. Amari Cooper, I'm not going to sit him, right? Um, This offense looks... To be pretty promising, um, I'm not too worried about Josh Norman, you know, shadowing him. He doesn't have a Cooper doesn't have a great history while being shadowed by anybody, <laughs> you know. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, when I when I was talking about Gallup, he made only one catch while the Janoris Jenkins shadow coverage last week, and you know, he, he had a great game, but all of it was done outside of that coverage. Um, and he might have Norman shadowing him on more a lot more routes this week than Jenkins had. Um, on Cooper last week because, you know, Norman did shadow Jeffrey on 94% of his routes last week, um, but Norman is not a shutdown corner, um, you know, he's not as good as he was a few years ago, so I'm playing Amari Cooper, especially because, you know, this offense looks really good and they're moving him around. Okay, Will Fuller might see a few more looks with DeAndre Hopkins shadow by Jalen Ramsey, We've seen speedy guys like Sammy Watkins last week give A.J. Bouye some trouble in the past. Um, he's no slouch, right? He's, he's he's a really good corner as well. Um, one of the best 1B corners in the entire league. Um, so it'll definitely be a tough matchup for Fuller, but, you know, if you're looking for some upside, he can beat him deep. Um, he's not a must-sit. The lack of targets in Week 1 for Fuller was very, very worrisome, but... It only takes one with Fuller, right? He's he's never like a a high volume type of guy. So if you want some upside, put him in your lineup, but just know that he is, you know, by far he's not safe uh, in this matchup. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I mentioned him. Um, pretty tough matchup for him this week. Last week he lined primarily he lined up primarily on the side that Byron Jones covers for the Cowboys. So that's not ideal for him. Byron Jones. You know, was one of the best corners last year in coverage. Um, So, you know, you might have to wait a week or two before you put McLaurin in your lineup or you feel happy about it, at least. Um, You know, this week he has the Cowboys. The week following, he has the Bears. Not great. And then the Giants. So, that's that's the matchup that I, I might start him in. But, yeah. So, I'm not starting him. I know you probably spent a good amount of fab to pick him up this week. But I don't necessarily feel confident that, you know, he'll do his thing this week. I want to see more before I start him in this tough matchup. And that's it. That's all I had for wide receivers. Uh, Hit me up on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. Really, really appreciate you guys listening. Like, if you made it all the way here. I mean, this wasn't a long podcast. I try not to make it too long, uh, especially since it's it's a solo pod. Um, But, yeah, so I appreciate you guys listening to this. I really do. if you can hit me up on Instagram, if you have any questions or anything like that, at Upperhand Fantasy, I'll leave a comment on one of the posts. That'll be the best way to, to hit me up, or you can just DM me. You never know, because I, you know, I get so many DMs, you know, this time of year. But I do randomly go into my DMs. Um, you know, I answer like at least hundred DMs a day. Um, you know, whatever I can randomly. So hit me up. Hope you guys have a great week too. Hope you guys get that W. Uh, Enjoy the Thursday night game. Enjoy this weekend's games. And I will see you soon. Later.